On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. What are you busy with? What are you doing in your life that gives you great joy? Have you found your rhythm, so to speak? Are you a Nana and watching those little ones just really brings you untold joy? Are you in the throes of motherhood? Or maybe you're not even married yet, but I just wonder what lights you up. What brings you you know, that energy that you're looking for to face each day. How are you doing? I would love it if you would just drop me a note. I'm the one who receives the emails at choose to think at gmail.com. And that's with the number two. Shoot me an email and just let me know how you're doing. Maybe even what you'd like to hear on the podcast. I hope you caught last week's episode with Jane Jenkins Herlong. Oh my goodness. I've gone back to it a gazillion times just to listen to the clips because she was so funny and it was such an engaging episode and chat that we had together. So many folks are chiming in and saying, oh, I love that episode. It's just what I needed. It brought refreshment to my day. You'll think the same, I think. It was just, you know, laughter is so good for our brain. And that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to dive into Psalm 7. And I'm so excited. Stay tuned to the end because we're also going to talk not only about Psalm 7 and a verse that I highlight there, but we're going to link it into brain studies, neuroscience, and why this is just so critically important to us to watch our thoughts. That's our theme for the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. It's that we take every thought captive and we bring those thoughts under the obedience of Christ. Second to that is that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And those are great privileges that we have as Christians, as as Christ followers, and we don't take it lightly. We take it very seriously. We're on a mission to be a brain changer. So I'm so excited about this. But there was one little line, one verse from Psalm 7. And folks say that Psalm 7 was written during the time that David was persecuted by Saul. So many of the verses of the Psalms talk about his persecution. And so he references enemies and his emotions, his feelings, his distress during that season of his life. And so you're going to find that in there as well. But I extrapolated one verse. It was verse nine that says, in part, you, the righteous God who probes minds and hearts. We serve a God who probes or examines our mind and our heart. And that caught my attention because I'm in the mind business. I'm in the brain business. I'm in the choose to think business. Our minds are powerful. So I got to thinking, what does that word mind and heart, what do they mean in the scripture? So we find, first of all, that the word heart is libah. That's the Hebrew rendition of it, libah. And it refers to, like I look, I like to look in the Jewish encyclopedia. I also use Blue Letter Bible and Bible Hub. Both of those are online apps that I can use websites to go to the Greek and Hebrew meanings. 
the Jewish encyclopedia breaks it up like this and says that the heart is the seat of the emotional and intellectual life. Even in Proverbs 9, we read, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life or life flows from your heart. And that refers to moral and spiritual as well as the physical life. Now, they go on to break down the heart into the seat, like the seat of the emotional and intellectual life, but the heart is the seat of thought, it's the seat of emotion, and it's the seat of volition. In other words, your choice. So when we say that the heart is the seat of thought, it's talking about the like the thoughts that you have deep in your heart how your heart can know and perceive how it can remember and forget talking about the the seat of emotion your heart as the seat of emotion it's typically accepted that from it is referring to all modes of feeling from the lowest physical forms like hunger and thirst to the very highest spiritual forms such as reverence and remorse all of those those emotions and feelings that we have are attributed to the heart. And finally, the heart is also the seat of volition. It's self-directing and self-determining. Okay. So that's where we get, okay, we get to choose. Even when you say with all your heart, you've heard that expression, we're going to do something with all your heart, get into it with all your heart. Well, that denotes the love of conscious resolve, that determination, your whole being consents to doing something. It's your, your natural inclination, which becomes a must. Okay. So you kind of get the idea that what the heart refers to, it's the seat of thought, emotion, and volition. So it's very kind of a broad term. You, you may also remember that there are biblical heart references such as being stiff-hearted, stout-hearted, hard-hearted, faint-hearted, merry-hearted. Your heart may fail. You may be cut to the heart, tender-hearted, heart-broken. You may even lose heart. All of those are using the same word there and refer to the same word in Hebrew as well as in Greek. Then you get to the word, the mind. The mind in this verse is pronounced kilya in Hebrew. And it means the kidneys, literally it's, it's referencing the kidneys, your organs, your internal organs. And it's also translated as reins, like a horse's reins. Figuratively, it means the mind as your interior self. So it's almost like when it says heart and mind, it's almost like it's saying mind and mind or your heart, the seat of your emotions, your volition, and your thought kind of repeated in, in essence. Some commentators said that there are two, it used the word reins or kidneys to reference your, your mind because the root goes to vessels, like a vessel or you know how your kidneys hold fluid. It's a filtering system, right? Well, and the, so it refers to like veins. It, it calls them vessels, like veins are vessels for blood. What I'm going to do is pull in a bit of brain science here. Recently, I listened to an amazing podcast with Dr. Caroline Leaf, as well as Jim Quick. Jim Quick is the, he's the brain guy. He's made his life focus on the brain and how to improve your memory, how to study better, what helps your brain to thrive, literally your brain as an organ in your body, what best to feed it, what best to, how to exercise it. I mean, he goes into all aspects of the brain. And again, he even has online courses. His name is Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. And I always thought that was funny because he's, what a great last name, right? He's Quick. He's been very quick uh, and he wants his 
brain to be fast too and quick. He was actually talking with her on his podcast. She's been on his and he's been on hers. And again, it's not that I'm actually quote endorsing these individuals. You'll have to be the judge for yourself. But I am saying that these individuals, Christian or not, have something to offer in terms of their scientific endeavors and their studies and their research and conclusions. And to me, it's absolutely fascinating. I love looking into their research and trying to learn more about the brain. Their particular podcast episode was all about the brain and the mind. And what is the difference between the mind and the brain? That was the name of the podcast, Understanding the Difference Between the Mind and the Brain. And they go on to say, to make these bullet points, and these are some of the ones that I would like to point out to you because they're directly related to my ministry and to this podcast, the Choose to Think podcast. We're all about taking our thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, being transformed through the renewing of our mind. And we want to, Philippians 4, 8, everything. We want to think about certain things that God tells us to think about. We know that we have the mind of Christ. So we're on a quest to discover what this means. We also have learned that our mind, our thoughts, okay? Think again, the seat of your thoughts, our thoughts, our emotions, and our will, our volition influences our brain literally. To me, that's absolutely fascinating. Thoughts are things in your brain. They are made up of proteins. They take up physical residency literally in your brain. They are critically important. That's why I think science is finally catching up to the Bible. Have you ever thought about that? The Bible has long proclaimed that as a man thinketh, he is. The, the Bible tells us what to think about. The Bible encourages us to be transformed, telling us to take every thought captive. So many things about our thoughts and the mind and the heart are critically important to God. He examines our heart as we find out in Psalm 7 verse 9. And often we can say, Lord, test me, test my heart, reveal to me if there's anything that's amiss in my heart. We want to do those things. God tells us to do those things. So science is finally catching up. Here are a few of the bullet points that are fascinating that came out of this particular podcast between Dr. Caroline Leaf and Jim Quick. The brain is physical. Well, we know that. And that's one way that it's distinguished from the mind. The mind is not exactly physical, but sort of it is. But the brain we know is physical. We can touch it, right? I mean, if you could get it out of your head, you could touch it. But the physical is maybe just 10% of who you are. Do you see the point they're trying to make? They're saying, yes, the brain is physical, but that's only a part of who you actually are. Because these physical parts disintegrate when you die. But while you're alive, the mind is what allows you to communicate. It allows you to think about what you're thinking about while you're while you're feeling and you're choosing. These are quotes directly from that podcast and conclusions and bullet points uh, from the podcast that that were that were put into a blog post. The mind is the force that is around and inside the body. It's an electromagnetic force in a gravitational field that is unique to each person. It's not something you can take from anyone else and they can't take yours. That's astounding to me to think that your mind is a 
force around and inside your body. Literally, it's electromagnetic and it has a gravitational field. It, isn't that, and it's unique it, to, to each of us. That's just fascinating to me. Also, they, they conclude that the mind marries perfectly with your physical. They're separable, but inseparable. Okay, that's a dichotomy, right? That's, that's how can that be? They're separable, but inseparable. And you get the idea, right? It's almost like explaining to your children, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I've heard people use the, you know, three in one, the analogy of an egg, like you have the egg shell, the egg white, and the yolk. It's all one egg made of three separate components. And so I think that's what they're trying to distinguish when they discuss this. And they're, they're saying, what's the difference between the mind and the brain? They're saying that it's two things that make up one thing, but it's one thing made up of two. It's very curious how they are actually saying this and they're separable, but inseparable. They say that another more psychological example of the mind being external, but inseparable is when you talk to someone negative. Now listen to this. They say you will become affected by their negative energy, their negative mood. You could have started in a great mood, and now you're not. Well, that's an example of how your mind is generating this energy. Do you see what they're saying there? And this has happened to you, hasn't it? You're happy as a clam going about your business and you're at Kroger preparing for a great meal for your family and you run into someone and instantly based on their mood, their countenance, the words that they say, the thoughts that they're putting into words and telling you, just even being in their presence, suddenly you feel a dampening in your own spirit. Maybe they're complaining about things. Maybe they are ragging on someone else. Maybe they're so into themselves that they just can't see beyond it. And this negativity that they're putting out, it's impacting you. We have to be on guard with that. We have to kind of pull away from that sometimes. And maybe you even know what I'm talking about. You may even consider that person to be toxic in your life. And that was just a random occurrence when you run into someone. But let's say that you have a family member that you're around who you think is just toxic. That negative energy and vibe that they're giving out begins to impact you in negative ways as well. And it robs your peace, doesn't it? So we've got to be clever as brain changers and figure out ways that we disassociate with that kind of negative energy and that we are protected, that our minds are protected like a guard is put up around our hearts and, and minds and our mouths so that we are focused more on what God says about everything really. So when we pull away from those particular people who really bring us down, then we have to reorient ourselves with who God is, what God says about me, about me, and what God says about my scenario. And we could go even further and said, and to what God says about that person's scenario, right? Sometimes that will help you if you think, gee, I know what God says about me. I know what God says about my circumstance, and I know what God says about himself, but take it a step further and try to 
Say, what does God say about that individual who's giving out nothing but negative energy? What is God saying about that person? God is enough for that person. How might I be able to help that person by the energy that I convey? Maybe you can turn the tides a little bit, but it's tough. I know it's tough. Let's talk about the practical side of mind management. And that's where they go next in this interview, in this chat that they have. They say, in a practical sense, the mind is how you think, how you feel, and how you choose. That's exactly the biblical definition, isn't it? I just read it a moment ago. They said it's the seat of your of your thoughts, the seat of your emotions, and the seat of your volition. This is exactly what Caroline Leaf is saying here. And you're always thinking, feeling, and choosing. She says you can go three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but you cannot go three seconds without using your mind. From the moment you wake up in the morning, you are constantly in a state where your mind is working. It never stops. Mind management is understanding how you can influence what you're thinking, feeling, and choosing. So when I offer you the seven R's for living your best thought life, basically that's a management system. I'm giving you a method, my signature method that really does work. Matter of fact, you can get it in the devotional. You can get the companion tool that goes with it, which is a a one-page infographic, the seven R's for living your best thought life to help you know exactly how to manage what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and what you're choosing. It's a powerful tool that you can use. To manage the mind, you have to manage how you think. It's understanding that when you think, you're feeling. And when you're thinking and feeling, you're always choosing or we could also say behaving. In other words, your mind or your thoughts influence your emotions and your feelings even your mindsets, and that which in turn influence your behavior and the choices that you make. It's kind of simple when we put it in simplistic terms like that. Now, I know that it feels a little bit more lofty and spiritual and complicated, but really and truly, it doesn't have to be. We can boil it down. And let me go on here. It says, there is a result of thinking, feeling, and choosing, which is that the experience you have processed through your think, feel, choose mind then gets pushed into your brain. And this is the fascinating aspect. Your thoughts matter. Your thoughts influence your brain. So you've got this, your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, You've got all of that wrapped up into one big ball that is influencing literally your brain. That's the result. Your brain is a very complex organ that responds electromagnetically, chemically, and genetically to your experiences. The, the consequence of which is that you build a thought. So you can build a thought. Now, this is the best news ever, especially if you're feeling anxious or depressed, distressed, fearful, because if all of those things together can build a thought, it says that you can change those things and build your own thought. That's exactly what I did when I overcame acute depression back in 2016. I learned how to take my thoughts captive. I learned how to control my emotions, take back my emotions, not be driven by them. That's exactly what you can do. I don't care what the scenario is. It may be that you're trying to deal with that toxic individual. Maybe you just had a job loss. Maybe you've got a rebellious child. Maybe you're alone and you don't know how this new season of your life is going to be. We could think of a thousand scenarios. It doesn't matter. You have a good deal of say in your life and the trajectory of your future. Now, 
God is not absent from that picture. I am not saying that, okay, you got to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get going. And it's all about you. It's all about your efforts. No, I'm not exactly saying that because God is the one who does the transformative work in our lives. Without him, forget it. I I don't even want to take a step forward without him. I'm not going up the mountain without him. No way, no how, Not, not happening. I need him. I depend on him. He is... In him, I live and work and move and breathe. He is everything to me and I don't do anything without him, but I do have personal responsibility because he's given me the spirit. He's given me this gumption and unction to do works for him. And somehow mysteriously, he's a part of all of that. Without him, I can't do it, but it is so liberating. Do you feel the freedom that you can have when you make your own choices. When you begin to choose thoughts that line up with what God says about himself, what God says about you and what God says about your circumstance. We often hear of self-limiting thoughts. Well, forget that. Really, the thoughts are God-limiting. Are you limiting God with your thoughts? Are you limiting God with your emotions and your feelings and your mindsets? Maybe. So the good news is you don't have to. You can choose differently. A thought is a real physical structure made up of proteins. If you envision a plant with roots and a stem and branches, that is how a thought builds. So the idea here is that you continue to reinforce godly thoughts in your brain. Godly thoughts. You rehearse, repeat, you sing, you you memorize godly thoughts. That's why scriptures are so powerful in your life. It's wonderful to read God's word, but you can take it a step further and memorize his word. Find a few one-line zingers in the Bible that really set you on fire and encourage your heart and mind. Encourage that innermost part of your soul. Find those verses, memorize them. And then when you get in a slump, say, uh-uh, not going there with my mind. I'm not going to allow my thoughts to go in that direction. I'm going to delete that thought and paste in what God says. Delete, paste, pivot, choose to think. You convert your experience through your think, feel, choose mind into your brain where it changes. Those changes are thoughts. You can change the way you think and it will influence your brain. The more you think godly thoughts, the more godly you can become. It's a perfect dynamic. The more you think fearful thoughts, the more fearful you will become. The more you think stress-filled thoughts, the more stressful and stress-filled you become. Let's turn our thinking to godly thoughts, God-honoring thoughts, truth-filled thoughts, And let's not limit God with our thoughts, with our thinking. The proteins that build these thoughts look like a plant. And just like a plant has branches and leaves, these branches are memories. She keeps going here. We have root memories, which are the origin story or the source where the experience started and built the details of that experience. These roots and branches, which are manifested in your perspective, lead to emotions that generate your actions. Nothing you say or anyone says is random. It's all coming from a thought. You can track your words, your emotions, and your behaviors back to how you were thinking, feeling, and choosing. And understanding this process and how you can influence it is mind management. 
Now, that's her take on all of that as a, as a Christian brain scientist. She says, it's important to understand that from the moment you open your eyes, you're experiencing life and everything is going through the think, feel, choose process, which goes into your brain and affects everything you do. It's happening whether you're aware of it or not. And if you don't manage it, it becomes messy. And then they go on in their chat to talk about how to use mind management effectively. And one thing they say is you cannot control the events and the circumstances of your life, but you can control your responses. We don't want to be reactionary, right? We want to be responsive. And now is the most important time to do that. Mind management is controlling the controllable what you're thinking, feeling, and choosing. You're managing and you're conquering your mind. Now, I'm going to say that you're going to do that with God every step of the way. I hope you can go back and listen to that episode. It was fascinating or even read the blog post that they did about that episode because it is it can change your life. And I just took verse nine out of this. I took it out because it was talking about the heart and the mind. And what am I trying to say in all of this? I'm trying to encourage you and inspire you that change is possible. Transformation is possible. God tells us, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. The mind and the heart are so intricately connected, and it's referring to your thoughts, the seat of your emotions, and your will and your choices. You can be changed there. You're renewing your mind. You're influencing that. It happened to me. And over time, over the months, as I began to take my thoughts captive, as the transformation was occurring, and I didn't even know it was it was occurring until I would suddenly reach a milestone. I'm like, wow, I'm not thinking that icky thought anymore. I'm not going down that dark road anymore. My future seemed bright and my outlook had changed and I had a bounce in my step again until I came through that. I, I didn't realize the Im- impact and that I was actually transforming and that can happen to you. Matter of fact, I would love to jump on a, a Zoom call with you and chat about where you are, where you may be stuck. I am a thought coach. I'm a Christian thought coach. Everything that I do is based on the Bible and some scientific studies. I want to help you get to that point of freedom where you find peace and joy again in your life and you're not staying stuck doing the same old humdrum things and you can't see your way out of the tunnel you're in. I've got some tools, some tips and tricks to share with you. And the first session is absolutely free. It's complimentary. There's no charge. I would love to chat with you. I'm a coach. I'm a certified Christian life coach and a thought coach. And I'm I'm versed in in picking out those thoughts that I can, that I hear you saying that we may need to work on or that you may like to work on with God's help. I can help show you and explain to you what the seven R's for living your best thought life, what that method is all about. You do have personal responsibility, but God will meet you in the process. He hasn't left you alone and and I'm here to help. So if you want to jump on a Zoom call with me, just jump on over to choose to think.co and that's with the number two, choose to think.co. That's my website and go to the coaching tab and there's a link directly there where you can sign up to get your free thought strategy session and we'll just chat just like two girlfriends sitting around having a cup of coffee and and I'd be so happy to offer you a 
a perspective and kind of a third party distance perspective on what may be going on in your life and how to best overcome that. And maybe I'll pick out a few thoughts that, that I hear you verbalize as we chat that you might want to pay special attention to. That's all it is. It's very simple. Of course, if you like to continue working with me and if you see something like that as valuable, then I'd be happy to help you with that. Also, I'd love to have you over on the, on the choose to think channel on YouTube. You can, you can actually subscribe to the channel by clicking the subscribe button and, or liking any of the videos there. Many of the guests that I have on the show, you'll see their full interviews and videos. Some of you prefer that. You can still listen to the podcast as usual on, on Apple podcasts and actually anywhere you listen to your podcast and be sure to subscribe there as well. That's one way to help me know you're there and also to help get the word out because I have so many amazing Christian entrepreneurs, authors, media experts, those influencers, kingdom influencers who are winning people to Christ. They've set that as their life's mission, just like I have to spread the good news. And I've got them coming down the pike on the show. I can't wait for you to to tune in and listen to them. So your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. And you could even go a step further and share the link with a friend or post it on social. If you like an episode, share, just send it in a text to a friend, even one friend, if you can think of who would be inspired by this podcast, I would love it. And I would love it if you could help me continue to, to just hold up this torch for Christ and for the transformative work that he can do. Psalm 7, the NIV version. Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Lord, my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have repaid my ally with evil or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God. Decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you while you sit enthroned over them on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. Bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God, who probes minds and hearts, my shield is God Most High, who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own heads. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. And this is the word of the Lord. It's a wrap, brain changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.